This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The Greek playwright Aristophanes had been drinking with philosopher Plato at a banquet when he delivered a speech. Originally meant to be a kind of satire on the creation myths of the time, Aristophanes proposed that there was a reason for love's existence in the world. He told Plato and the gathering crowd that men and women had originally started out as one being, two heads, four arms, and four legs, performing cartwheels to get from place to place. And these beings were fast and strong, too strong for the gods, in fact, who didn't want to be usurped as the most powerful entities in the universe. To remind them of their place, Zeus cleaved each pair in half. Since then, humans have walked this earth longing for their missing halves, and are drawn together by love. While he may have meant the story to be an absurd comedic exercise, there's something beautiful about the sentiment. Two people searching their whole lives for that perfect soulmate to make them whole again. Perhaps Martin Van Buren Bates and his wife Anna Haining Swan were two halves of a whole. Born in Nova Scotia in 1846, Anna grew up among 11 other brothers and sisters, while Martin was raised down in Kentucky. He worked as a schoolteacher before the Civil War began. When it did, he signed up to fight in 1861, joining the 5th Kentucky Infantry as a private in the Confederate Army. Martin turned out to be a fierce fighter, and he often intimidated the Union soldiers on the other side. It didn't take long for him to rise up through the ranks to become captain. After the war, Martin found himself a few job prospects back home, but a traveling circus offered him the chance to earn a living and see more of what North America had to offer. The tour took him all over, including across the border into Canada. It was at a stop in Halifax where he met Anna, who was immediately taken with Martin. She was brilliant, a prodigy piano player, as well as a talented singer and actor who had once portrayed Lady Macbeth. She, too, joined the circus, and struck up a relationship with Martin. Shortly after that, they were married. Despite their nomadic lifestyle, Anna and Martin wanted a place for themselves to settle down, a home to go to when they weren't on tour or when they needed a rest. The newlyweds had a house built on 130 acres of farmland in Ohio that they purchased with their circus earnings. Its ceilings were 14 feet high. The doors were built to be 8 feet tall and wider than usual. And they had all their furniture custom-made, too. Because it had to be, in order to accommodate their imposing frames. Martin Bates, you see, was seven and a half feet tall, while his wife Anna stood an impressive seven feet eleven inches. Martin had grown quite tall when he was six years old. By the time he was twelve, he was over six feet and weighed more than two hundred pounds. 
Anna had begun growing very early on in her life as well. At four years old, she was already over four feet tall. Two years later, she'd grown another foot and a half. And they'd both been hired by the circus as an attraction. And they were successful, too, drawing enormous crowds to gawk at their severe statures. She and Martin had two children together. The first, a girl born in May of 1872, died during birth. That baby had weighed over 18 pounds. The second child, a boy this time, was born seven years later. He measured almost 30 inches long and weighed in at 23 pounds, 9 ounces. Sadly, he lived only 11 hours before passing away. But in his short life, the child had earned the Guinness World Record for largest newborn in history. Anna toured with the circus for a few more years alongside her husband before settling down on the farm. It's not clear if Anna had some kind of underlying condition, or if perhaps the loss of two children had done untold damage to her heart. But she died in her sleep in the summer of 1888, one day before her 42nd birthday. Her husband had a statue of her installed at her gravesite before selling their house and moving into town. He wouldn't find love again for another 10 years, when he would remarry, this time to an average-sized woman. Martin died in 1919 at the age of 81. He never had any children, but he'd lived a long, fulfilling life, much of it spent with his perfect mate, Anna. When they were together, they were two halves reunited to become whole, showing the world that love truly does come in all shapes and sizes. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. People can be pretty skeptical when it comes to tales of the supernatural. Our first inclination is disbelief, to chalk up the stories to wild imagination or a cry for attention. Ghosts aren't real, we say. That clunking sound in the middle of the night, it's just the pipes, or the creaking floor, or maybe the house is just settling. But what happens when a ghost story is more than just a story? What happens when the police and the media both believe that what is terrorizing one family is more than just a frightening tale because they've seen or at least heard it for themselves? The Palathon family lived on the second floor of an apartment in Spain. On September 27th of 1934, they began hearing bizarre sounds coming from their kitchen. Actually, let me clarify that. From within the stove in their kitchen. A voice spoke from within it, and there was laughter too, and sometimes screaming coming from everywhere and nowhere at once. At first, it was believed by both the family and the neighbors that the voice was coming from someone else on the block. The chimney where the stove smoke was let out connected to other homes. It was entirely possible that a man's voice was carrying from another unit through the pipes and into the stove in the Palathon family. But if that were true, then the neighbors would also have been experiencing the same thing, and yet only they had a voice coming out of their stove. Those who stopped by to listen verified their claims. They too heard someone talking or laughing or yelling from inside the stove. And that's when the rumors started to spread. The Palathons were haunted. The rumors quickly turned into belief in a terrifying supernatural entity known as a duende. Duende is a Spanish term for a possessor of a house. In 18th century paintings, the creature is depicted as a goblin or imp with sharp teeth and long claw-like fingers. As the story spread, crowds from within the town and beyond gathered outside to listen in and try to hear the Duende speaking. All the while, the Palathon family did their best to carry on with normal life, while the creature made sure that could never happen. It would ask questions and even answer them when asked. It would call out the name of the Palathon's maid and then cackle, its howling laughter ringing out from deep within the stove. Eventually, the disruptions became too great, and the family reached out to the authorities for help in flushing out the mischievous little demon. The police chief himself attended to the matter, arriving at their doorstep in mid-November of 1934. Upon entering the home, he immediately started questioning the voice. Where are you? he asked. Why are you doing this? The duende answered, No. The chief asked more questions, wondering if the person on the other end needed a job or money. Again, it simply replied, No. Then he asked one final question. Then who are you? What is it that you want? 
The voice responded from the stove, saying, Nothing. I am not a man. The local police helped the family find other living arrangements while they investigated the cause of the disturbance. But tales of a demonic voice forcing a family out of their home had rattled the community. A panic spread throughout the town, and the story eventually wound its way to the United Kingdom, where the London Times started reporting on it. A Spanish radio station even asked to interview the voice for one of its talk shows. The investigation carried on for weeks, with the police at a loss as to the reason for the voice's persistence. Architects and contractors were asked to inspect the home, but found nothing. The police, fed up with getting nowhere in their hunt, brought in every organization and person they could think of. They asked the army to cut off the home's access to electricity and phones. Officers guarded all entrances around the clock. Priests spiritually sanitized the apartment with holy water and prayers. And it seemed that the duende, or the person behind it, had finally been forced out. The voice had gone silent. The Palathons soon moved back in, and during their first night there, nothing happened. They all had a restful night's sleep, something they hadn't experienced in almost two months. The following morning, though, a voice bellowed from the chimney. Cowards, it called them. Cowards, here I am. For the Palathon family, that was the last straw. They packed up and left their apartment forever that day. The police chief, under orders from the governor, brought the family in for questioning. He even had them speak with a psychiatrist to see if perhaps the situation had all just been in their heads. It hadn't, but it also hadn't been a real duende. The voice, as declared by the governor later, had been the work of their maid. She hadn't done it to deceive them or to run them out of their home, though. It seems that she suffered from something called unconscious ventriloquism. She'd been able to throw her voice and didn't even know it. The voice was never heard from again after the governor's announcement. Forty years later, the block was demolished and a new structure was built in its place. And this new building's name? Edificio Duende. The Goblin Building. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.